true joy. What he just read to us through God's word. I also was thinking about uh, a time in uh, my life and Linda's life uh, as our grandsons were born. And I've probably shared this with you before, but uh, I won't soon forget it that we got a call and we were sitting over there, uh, probably where Doreen is sitting, and all of a sudden we got a call and, uh, that my daughter-in-law was in labor and that uh, we had to get to uh, Indiana from here driving before she, we wanted to get there before she went into labor. But we did. We made it. We drove there two days. We got there. We got to see about an hour before. We ran into the hospital about an hour before she gave birth. And one of the things that struck me and, and really has stayed with me is that during that time, after the boys were born, my daughter-in-law looked at the boys and she said, how can anyone not believe in God? Looking at these two beautiful little baby boys in her arms, how could anyone not believe in a God? And, and we're going to talk about baby Jesus today. Baby, all man, all God came for you and came for me to die for our sins. And it's true. I'm here to tell you it's true. And I'm here to tell you I really don't understand it. I really don't. And it's by the Holy Spirit that comes into our lives and lets us understand it. And, and let, but outside of God showing you who He is, forget it. You'll never understand. You, you won't get it. You, you just won't. See, the Bible speaks about Jesus in this way. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven among men by which you must be saved. That is it. It is in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Let me pray. Lord, we thank You for today. We thank You for the joy that You give us through the Holy Spirit to know You, Lord Jesus. To know that uh, even though we are who we are, we know our hearts, we know our minds, oh, we know who we are. And yet, You still love us and give us a joy that is inexpressible. So we thank You for that today, Lord. Help us to see wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things in Your law about You. And may we walk out of here changed, full of joy and hope and peace. In Jesus' name, Amen. We're going to talk about angels today. We're going to talk about shepherds. We're going to talk about Mary. We're going to talk about what God has done and about the great joy that He gives us. Now, Nick Cameron did an amazing job last week. Same, pretty much the same uh, chapter, pretty much the same story, and he spoke about peace. And as I shared with some of the elders this week, I said, you can't have joy without peace. You can have peace without joy. You can't do it. I couldn't get away from it. The whole time I was going through it and thinking about Nick's sermon, I'm like, I can't think about joy without thinking about having peace with God. So when you have peace with God, you have joy. You have this joy that comes, and we'll go over a definition of it in a minute, and maybe you have your own. But we have this joy in in God through the Holy Spirit. True joy is trusting in Jesus by faith. And it's a gift of God. And again, I told you, I don't understand it. I mean, if you do, come see me later and you can explain it, but I can't explain it outside of what God has done. Romans 15.13. We're going to read that in a minute, but do me a favor. 
Go to Luke 1. And, and when you have people that come up here and speak, trust me, we don't do it alone. We, we have to look at commentaries. We have to actually pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us to understand His Word. And I do the same thing. So when I, when I speak to you, um, a lot of these things are coming from other people much greater than me and know much more than me. And I, one thing that struck me this week, there was a pastor who was saying the most important thing out of all this, when you go through the Gospel story and you go through the Christmas story is believing. It's believing. So look here. It's right here in front of us in Luke. Go to Luke chapter 1, verse 1. Just read it with me. It says, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to complete a narrative, this is Luke writing, of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us. It seemed good to me also, having followed all these things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty. Let me read that again. That you may have certainty. That you may have certainty concerning these things that you have been taught. That you truly believe, that you truly understand by faith, it's a gift of God by grace through faith that you understand and have certainty that Jesus Christ, the baby in the manger, died for you. He died for you. You may look around and say, well, maybe not me. Maybe he died for the pastor. Maybe he died for the elder. Maybe he died for my mom or dad, but he didn't do it for me. Trust me, Jesus would come just for you. Just for you. He died for you. And God chose this plan that makes no sense. A baby. A baby in a feeding trough. Trust me, makes no sense at all. Romans 15 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy. And here it is. Fill you with all joy and peace. As Nick went over last week. All joy and all peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. And my prayer is that you leave here today, if you don't have joy and you don't have peace and you don't have hope, that you will. That God will open your heart and God will help you to see who He is and that it's all about Him and it's not about us. Now if you go to Luke 2, we're going to read verses 1-7. through 7. We're going to start... Pretty much the message, we're going to go to Bethlehem. We're going to go to Bethlehem where the story really starts to take off. Chapter 2 in Luke, verse 1 to 7. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that in all the world, that all the world should be registered that this was the first registration when Quirinus was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, 
the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. This happened in real time. This is not a fable, a made-up story. We know this happened. You can look at the history books. There was a time in Bethlehem that everyone came there. And if you could just picture in your mind a caravan of people just going to Bethlehem to be registered. And they're all going. Mary and Joseph, Mary who's pregnant, they're not alone. They're going with other people. It's just like you, one of your days. You get up in the morning and you get on 495 and you're traveling into Manhattan. You're not alone. You're not alone. There's beeping. There's probably some cursing on the expressway. There's lots of things going on. And you can imagine these people are uprooted from their homes and they got to go basically be registered because they're going to tax them more. They're going to ask them for more money. And they know this. So here they are. They're traveling to Bethlehem. It is a real story happening in real time. And this all happens before the angel came to Mary. The angel came to Zacharias. The angel came to Joseph. And they had a ruler, Caesar Augustus. You know, there was a little peace there with him ruling. However, I will tell you, it's not the peace that we want. We think in our day, and I think in my day, well, someone's going to rule and everything's going to be so much better. And you and I know that's not true. Because we've seen it over and over and over again. And here you have Caesar Augustus, who in his heart and his soul couldn't be further away from God. Couldn't be further away from God. No peace himself. Some commentaries say that he tried to kill himself numerous times. Tried to kill people around him. This is a man void of God. And look at Joseph and Mary. Believe it or not, I grumble when i got to go to Target. Get in my car, drive down Elliott, go on Pond Path. It's not even a mile and a half. Get in the parking lot, go inside, get back to my house in about 20 minutes. Joseph and Mary are traveling about 90 miles. Probably took them a couple of weeks just to get there. 90 miles. And look at Joseph and look at Mary. Joseph knew if he left Mary home, she'd have the baby. So he said, come with me. And I'm making this up. I'm sorry about it, but I'm thinking he said, come with me, and I will take care of you. And he was right. Mary had the baby. Mary had the baby in Bethlehem. And we know this through the Bible, but look at, look at 300 prophecies about Jesus all coming true. We need to have faith in God's Word. We need to have faith in what He says because your God and my God, He cannot lie. And he does not lie. You could take God for his word. I'm going to just jump around the Bible a little bit. You could try to flip the pages or you could just listen. Micah 5.2 But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler of Israel whose coming forth is from old, whose ancient days 
from ancient days. Now Bethlehem, and David, Pastor David has taught us this, but Bethlehem means the house of bread. Do you know that this Bethlehem, the house of bread, is where the bread of life comes from? Where Jesus Himself, your Savior, who's wrapped in swaddling clothes, comes for you and comes for me. Isaiah 7.14 Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call His name Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us. This is all written way before Jesus is born. God with us. If you have Jesus, you will never, ever, ever be alone. We may run from Him. We may hide from Him. We may try to be alone. But if you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will never, ever be alone. Galatians 4.4 But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law. Now, I'm not the most techie person in the world, so forgive me if my phone doesn't work, but I've been trying to get some things together. And I listen to a lot of sermons, a, a lot of Christian songs, and Matthew West had this song on the radio this week, and it says this, Who am I that the King of the world would give one single thought of my broken heart. Do you know God cares about your broken heart? Whether you know it or not, if you don't have God and you don't have Jesus, you have a broken heart. And I can attest to that. I remember what my heart felt like. I remember how broken it was. He says, Who am I that the God of all grace wipes the tears from my face and says, Come as you are. You paid the price, you took the cross, you gave your life, and you did it with me all in mind. Do you know that God cares about you and He's thinking about you? And if you're sitting here this morning and, and you don't know that, please know that. But if you're sitting here thinking, I've been a Christian my whole life, then we're going to get into the part that if that's true, we should be sharing it with other people. That we should be vocal about who we are and sometimes that means sitting with someone and holding their hand and just saying i'm here with you it doesn't necessarily mean i'm beating you over the head with the bible because i'm better than you no it, that's not true at all it means god loves you and i'm here for you and i care for you and we could be the lights of the world be the light that jesus wants us to be that he wants me to be and wants you to be God Himself came as a baby, died on the cross, and rose again. Hebrews 12.2 Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy, listen, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross. Who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross. I'm repeating it because I'm letting it sink into my own mind and my own heart. Despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Listen to this hymn. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark streets shineth an everlasting light. 
Jesus is the light of the world. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. O come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. If you ever want great theology, go to the hymns and take a look at them and you will see how deep they are in the love of Christ. Now, if you come with me again on our journey here, so in uh, Luke 2, we are going to read from verse 8 to 14. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And an angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom He is pleased. You know, a whole sermon can be done on fear. When we read this, it says, Fear not. Do you know the angel when he came to Joseph and to Mary and Zacharias, he asked to say to them, do not fear or, or don't be afraid. And how encouraging is that? But the real truth about it is that because we're such sinners, to be even in the glory of angels, in the glory of God, in God's glory, is for us to fall on our faces in fear. But he says, don't be afraid. You know, fear is a real joy killer. It's a joy killer. I can tell you, my fear sometimes gets so high, my beautiful wife has to say to me, you're okay. You're okay. Things are going to be okay. That's how high sometimes my fear goes. And sometimes I don't believe her. But she's true. She's right. I'm going to be okay. Do you have fear like that? Have you ever had fear that overtakes you? That you just can't do anything? That nothing else really matters? You know, I was reading this great book, and I've been telling everyone about it. Poor Pastor David, I've been, like three times I think I told him I read this book. Um, Corey Ten Boom, an author wrote this book, Watchmaker's Daughter, and he wrote this book, and it's so cool because I don't know if he's a believer, but the way he depicts her story is so honoring to God and to God's Word. And as I'm reading this story, it was just, to me, coming to life. Now this is a story about World War II. I was born in 1965. Don't know anything really about World War II except what people tell me. But in reading the book, there's this young man who is Corey Ten Boone's nephew. Now Corey Ten Boone was a person who was just a regular person like us. Her dad owned a watch shop. And they basically hid Jewish people from the Nazis. And they were caught, they were put into prison, 
and her nephew was one day in church, really not that close with God, but playing the organ. Playing the organ in church, but really doesn't have a relationship with God. That happens every day. People come in here and they sit in the pews and they listen and they don't have a relationship with God. And he's playing the, the, the organ and what happens is he decides to go against the Nazis. They say, you're not allowed to play your homeland um, hymn or whatever you, you, you play for, for Holland. And he starts to play this... Sorry, I don't know the word, but <laughs> it's, it's not a hymn. A song for his country, and he's playing it knowing he's going to go to jail. It's against the law. Long story short, they take him, they put him into prison. And as he's in prison, just listen to this excerpt. It's very short, but just listen to it. It is amazing to me. I've read it over and over again, the work of God and what God could do in someone's life in prison where you wouldn't think it would happen. It says, as if on cue, the next day or so, he received a parcel from home. It, con it contained clean clothes, a handkerchief, and a small piece of soap. Listen, hidden in a sock too, he found a small New Testament. Peter couldn't understand how it wasn't discovered during inspection. But he was grateful to have something to read, something meaningful. He read and reread the pages, and to his surprise, the Scriptures came alive. It seemed suddenly to be a personal letter to me. It seemed personal, he wrote later, with words of cheer and help for the many trying situations that arose daily. The Christ it spoke about no longer seemed like the subject... Sorry... So we talk, we, Nick, we talked about big words this morning. So this is um, hagiography. And I think, I'm probably saying it wrong, but I think what it means is a biography of a saint. Like the subject of a hagiography, but real, like a friend of mine. I began to re realize that Jesus Christ had not only died for the world in general way, but He had given His life for me that I, by faith and trusting in Him, could have eternal life. This is a young kid sitting in prison. God gets His Word into him that is a miracle, and he understands that Jesus is real. He prayed, and at once his spirit lifted. Inside I felt, this is his words, inside I felt free, almost light, with a sort of joy circumstances no longer infuriating me. I had come to prison. He says, I had come to prison to find Christ, an unfailing friend. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Him as your Lord and Savior, an unfailing friend? I pray you do. And if you don't, please see me after the service. I would love to share my Lord with you. And not just me. Anybody else here would be glad to Share their Lord with you. So just thinking about fear, and I'll move on, because that took a little longer than I thought. Don't be afraid to share the Gospel with people. I may have shared the story before, but I love my brothers and they love me. One, maybe 15 years ago, I wrapped up John Piper's bike, uh, book, uh, Seeing Saving Jesus Christ, and at Christmas I gave it to them, and they took it. I was so excited. <laughs> 
until Linda and I were driving home. I think I may have been alone. We could be together, and I'm driving down the road, and um, I left something in the back seat, and I went to go get it, and there the books were. But that's okay. At least we know the hearts of people, because then we know how to pray. But what I say that story for is don't be afraid to do things like that, even if it doesn't work out. Because trust me, God's Word does not come back void. You know, fear happens, and I I said this before, because we are sinners. In Romans it says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's every single person. Listen to Isaiah 12 too. Behold, God is my salvation. Now this, this is true joy. If you could say this and agree, behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid. For the, for the Lord God is my strength and my song, and He has become my salvation. You know, the, the angels say, good news of great joy. Do you know that they're literally preaching the Gospel? Here are these shepherds out in the field, and they are preaching the Gospel. He said, today in the city of David is born a Savior for you and for me. Christ the Lord. Now, John Piper says this, and you could take this if you want it, you could look it up, but this is his definition of joy. He says, joy is a good feeling in the soul. Now, that to me is the main point. The good feeling part, I was like, I don't know about good feeling, but the soul part, I looked and I said, soul produced by the Holy Spirit as He makes us see and Savior the glory of Christ in the Word and the world. Luke 15.10, just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. That's you and that's me. That there is great joy and that's what God cares about. A Savior, Christ the Lord. Everyone needs a Savior and there's only one. And they say, they say another thing here when they're talking to the shepherds. Glory to God. Glory to God. And isn't that the main point? That we should be getting up in the morning and living our lives and doing what we do and asking God to help us to give glory to Him. Because it's not our nature to do that. It's not our nature to give God glory. If you ask Him, He will show you how to do it. Isn't that the point? Glory to God. Listen to another hymn. Hark! The herald angels sing, Glory to the newborn King, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies with the angelic host proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Christ is born in Bethlehem. Walk out of here with joy knowing that your Savior was born in Bethlehem and He is alive. He died on that cross for you and was rose again and He lives in heaven. But the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of you. Have joy. Have peace. Have hope. And you think of the shepherds. These are lowly shepherds out in the field. They're smelly. They're stinky, they're hardworking, 
27, uh, 27, 4, that doesn't make any sense. Whatever, you know what I mean, all day long. They're out there, all day long. All day long. You don't want anything to do with them. And the shepherds that they're keeping are shepherds that are going to go to slaughter. They're going to kill these sheep and they're going to go to the temple and they're going to offer them for sacrifices for sin. And meanwhile, in the, in the trough, in the feeding trough, is the Savior of the world that wipes all of that away. All of it away. And I, and I always think about the shepherds too. And I say this because I was a dishwasher. Washed many a dish and many of a pot and scrubbed them. And I think of the angels going to a restaurant or a business. Wouldn't they ask for the CEO? Wouldn't they ask for the owner? No, no, no. They're going right to me with my smock on, with food on it, with all looking disgusting. And they're saying, Mark, a Savior is born for you in the city of David. And God says that to you. And the Savior is also for the CEO and the chief financial officer and the owner of the company. It's for all. The other thing that they, I see the shepherds do is they listen and they obey. Oh boy, do I need more of that. Me obeying more than I do. But the shepherds obey. And they go to Bethlehem and they find Mary and the baby and Joseph. And do you know what they do? They just tell everybody. They know people don't like them. They know people don't want to be near them. They could care less after seeing the angels after experiencing what they experienced. And I think of this. Um, one time, um, we went to go see um, my son, my daughter-in-law, and my grandkids, and we were in um, a zoo. Zoos make me nervous. I always think, what if the gates open? Then what are we going to do? What if the animals get out? That's what I'm thinking. I like no joy in a zoo for me at all. No joy. And I, I could tell you another story, but anyway, I, I actually sitting at a table eating food where the lion was looking right at me, but anyway, that's another story. Um, so we're there, and my grandsons get up on a platform, and they were running around at three years old, singing, Jesus loves me, this I know. Jesus loves me, this I know. Could care less who's listening. Do you know, we need hearts like children. And the people are walking by thinking, oh, I'm hungry, I'm going to go over here. They're, like not, they're not even thinking about anything but what they had planned to do that day, and yet there were two little children preaching the Word of God on a platform, Jesus loves you, this I know. That I tell you because that's what the shepherds were doing. And we'll just go quickly right to this um, other hymn. Go tell it on the mountain. Over the hills and everywhere, go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. And again, you don't have to stand on a platform. I'm not saying that so you stand in front of your house in the morning and yell at people as they go by. No, be who you are in Christ. God gave you gifts and abilities and a personality. Use that through the Holy Spirit to help people to know who God is. The joy, the last, last point, joy of Mary. Treasuring the good news in her heart. 
And Luke one thirty eight it says, And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. But Mary treasured up all these things, as in Luke 2.19, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. You know, that's simple, it's sweet, and it's short. But think about that. Treasuring and thinking about the things of the Lord. Just thinking about what He's done. Mary could sit there in a place she probably didn't want to be. Look, there, there, there are people in much more comfortable places. She could probably see them. She could probably see that they've got a pillow. They've got a blanket. You know, they're comfortable. And Mary and Joseph are literally in the company of animals. And her baby is sitting in in a feeding trough. And yet, Mary is treasuring up all the things that she just heard from the shepherds. The shepherds just just told her everything. And she remembers the angel coming to her. She remembers all these. Do you remember? Do you remember what God has done in your life? Do you treasure all those things? Do you, do you think about it and have a thankful, joyful heart and, and have peace through that? Do you? Simple and it's sweet. There is a hymn, and I talked to Pastor David about this. I'm like, I'm not sure about this hymn. But it says, it's not that I'm not sure about it, it's just that when I read it, I was just thinking, it's not the traditional, and it's sort of new, but it, and everybody knows it. You all know this. It's Mary, did you know? And it says that your baby boy will one day walk on water. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will save our sins and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new. Now this is the part that I absolutely love. This child that you've delivered, Mary, the baby that you gave birth to that is God and Savior and Lord will soon deliver you. Isn't that the point? That Jesus came to deliver you and to take your dead heart, soul, and make it alive. And make it alive for Him. In conclusion, there is great news, good news of great joy for all people. So, my job is interesting. I work for a financial institution. But do you know, working for a financial institution, you get to see and hear every walk of life, every pain, every circumstance. And you wouldn't think that. Recently, Maybe a couple of months ago, a woman came into my office and she sat down and her only thought was, I need to get this lease off my back. i got to get rid of this car. It's killing me. The price, it's too much. I have to change it in and get a new car. Not a month later, her husband and her daughter sit in front of me telling me the story how on a Friday she had, this woman had a pain. She went to the hospital and the next day she was gone. She passed. And they sat in front of me trying to make sense of all that was happening. Do you understand that that's the world that we live in? You live in that world. I live in that world. You will breathe your last one day. 
And you will stand in front of your Savior and your Lord. It's going to happen. All the running around, all the bustle, everything will not stop the fact that we will all be in her situation. I don't know if it's for me today. I don't know if it's for me tomorrow. But it's sooner probably than most of you. Are you ready to stand in front of your Lord and your Savior? The baby was born in the manger who came for you. Are you ready? Are you ready? And all he says is, I love you. I care for you. I died for you. Trust in me. Will you trust in him? Will you trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Will you receive Jesus as king? And if you have received him as king, will you commit your life to do everything you can to be able to live for him? Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Heavenly Father, I fear I talk too much. So I pray, Lord, that You, Your Spirit, digs deep into our hearts and our souls and our minds because You made us. We didn't make ourselves. You made us. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And we ask here this morning, Lord, I ask, I beg here this morning that your children who have not yet put their faith in You, have not yet said, Jesus, I am a sinner and I need You. Please, Lord, come into my life. I love You. I want to serve You. I pray here this morning, if you sit here and you've never done that and you feel the Lord calling you to it, Simply tell Him that you're a sinner and that you need Him and that you love Him and He will come into your life and save your soul. And if you sit here this morning, Lord, we pray, especially for me, that I commit my life and that we commit our lives as born-again believing Christians, Your children, to serve You and to love You and to honor You. Through Your Holy Spirit we pray. Lord, may You give us joy and peace and hope this Christmas season. We love You. In Jesus' name, Amen.